With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's, uh, it's football and random things here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Powered as always by, or fueled by Cody Road. Pick up a bottle of Cody Road bourbon, maybe the Irish liqueur. I think I probably could have drank about three bottles of Cody Road. I was going to say, I bet, their sales, I bet their sales were terrific at about 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, it was not a very good weekend, Jeff Woody. Well, the Chiefs won on Thursday, and the Vikings got – well, they got their ass kicked too, so – Vikings lost. Hey, the Denver Nuggets won. Force game seven. There you go. The That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Good things can happen. Uh, but most notably, the Iowa State 31-14 loss to Louisiana. We're going to dive all the way into it here on the podcast. Uh, where would you like to start, Jeff? Um, I think, the, to me, the biggest elephant in the room is the final four minutes it, it, where – they weren't, there were no timeouts called. So, I mean, for those that know football pretty well, that was really abnormal because a lot of times the first week comes with kind of the dumb crap that you see, you know, the, the bad timing, like the fact that Brock, Brock and the receivers were so off was both surprising and unsurprising at the same time. Like there with Charlie is really the only Charlie and Tariq are really the only two guys that played significant and Shaw were the only ones that played significant snaps last year, but even Tariq and Shaw are playing different positions. So the rhythm is going to be different. Charlie wasn't playing and chase is not chase isn't a receiving tight end. He's a blocking tight end and Saner is playing fullback. So like they're all playing different positions. So you knew it was going to take a little bit to get going. It was shoddier than I thought, um, but it's not surprising that it was shoddy in the first place. It was just shoddier than what I was expecting. It'll get better. Um, but the thing that uh, the, you know, as far as coming from the, if you know football very well, that final four minutes, usually I think that to me, it wasn't necessarily like once it gets, it got inside of like two minutes or 90 seconds, calling timeouts was really sort of like, you know, throwing a life rest, life vest or life, raft to or whatever to the titanic like it's not going to save the whole thing you can maybe salvage a couple opportunities but that's it um but to have no timeouts being called between the like four minutes and two minutes like nothing in there um that to me was a stern message from campbell to the team to me so um the way that i kind of that i'm kind of viewing this is imagine you are a 16 year old kid 
and you got arrested for a, a public intox, minor in public, and you got arrested and taken back to the police station. You had one phone call and you called your dad. And when you called your dad, what is your response and what is his response? And if you are Matt Campbell's child, you are spending the night in jail. And if you're Matt Campbell's football team, you look up at the clock and see the clock tick down and the coaches aren't bailing you out. Like, it wasn't necessarily that they played with poor effort because I think the effort was fine. It's just, it's really hard to do things right. And like special teams are the epitome of this. And so the special teams are really bad. So on special teams, it's effort and attitude is the only thing that like, that's why scrappy gritty white kids are really good on special teams because all it takes is just a plucky attitude and uh, an, an understanding of what the general goal is, which is, I need to run as fast as I can to get to a spot and stay in my lane. Okay, that's it. That's your entire job on like kickoff coverage and on punt coverage is run as fast as you can and stay in your lane. Well, if, you, if you're running a 100 meter dash and everyone else is running towards the finish line and you're running as fast as you can at a 45 degree angle into the infield of the football stadium that you're running in, well, you're, you're running at full effort. You're just not putting it in the right direction. So the team on special teams was running like their hair was on fire. The effort was fantastic. The attention to detail was garbage. And when someone's trying to block you away from a spot on say special teams, and you need to fight across his face, you can run really fast and just think that you're gonna beat him just or you think you're gonna do whatever and you never make it there. So they were making mistakes on detail and their only thing that detail mistakes like on special teams are from is lack of focus and lack of a lack of a desire to do the right thing and i think coach campbell by the end of the game was doing a little bit of calculus of calculus number one this is more or less a red shirt season like yes there's gonna be national championships yes there's gonna be like you're playing games but everyone can red shirt if they want to so you may lose some guys you, your eyesworth may go to the league if he gets a good enough draft grade and you might lose some of those guys but you're getting a ton of reps this is also a non-conference game. So technically speaking, if you lose this one and win the rest, it doesn't matter. So like the game is more or less a red shirt game inside of a red shirt year. So as far as risks and stakes are concerned, not that high. If you were to say you call timeouts and you put Brock out there with the offensive line doing as poor as they were, and Brock takes a helmet to the shoulder, and now you lose Brock Purdy trying to come back from a 10 point deficit in the final 32 seconds because you want to maybe score a touchdown, get an, kick an onside kick, get the onside kick, then score another touchdown or whatever. The risk of injuring Brock based on the offensive line play exceeded the necessity of trying to get the offense back on the field. So when you're looking at it being like, okay, this game doesn't matter and we don't want to hurt our kids, hurt the, the offense, Brock, basically we don't want to hurt him. And we can teach a lesson at the same time. You know what? You called me because you made mistakes. You decided to go drinking with your friends when you're 16. You're going to have to live, live with the consequences. This is what it's like if you don't compete. This is what it's like if you don't do it. If you want to not compete, we're not going to bail you out. If you don't want to play, we're not going to make you. So to me, that seems like the message that was being communicated from Campbell to the team because he doesn't, he doesn't seem like a guy that does things without thought. It's not willy-nilly and it's not quitting on anything. It's essentially saying like, look, the rest of this game doesn't matter if you guys don't want to play. Don't want to play? Fine. We're not going to force you to. So that, in my mind, is where the message is going to come from, which will lead to two things. One is they respond to that and say they look in the mirror. And I think when Heft, when Eric Heft was doing the interviews, um, I really liked what Eisworth said is 
the the way you fix what's going on, the way you improve is you look really hard in the mirror. So you can either take that and go, what did I do wrong and how can I do it better? Or you look at each other and go, you did this and you did this and you did this and you start pointing fingers at everybody and that tends to go really far south really fast. So um, yeah, that to me, that's my general theory on what the purpose of that final four minutes was and essentially letting the clock go down is we could keep fighting, put our guys at risk or use this as a teaching opportunity to say, all right, this is what it looks like if you don't do what's right. Here you go. See, but here's the, the other piece of this that I think is frustrating to some people is that, one, it's not like this is an isolated incident. This has happened mm-hmm. five years in a row now, more or less, where in these first games, something like this happens, mm-hmm. which yeah, is where it was I think – overtime last year with Northern Iowa. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously the, the thing two years ago was maybe a little bit weird because of everything that happened with uh, – the first game being rained out, and then you got to go on the road to play Iowa. They still got their asses kicked in that game, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, the first time they lost to Northern Iowa in Campbell's first season, when and that team was not good. So like that, it is what it is. But um, that's that's piece number one. That to me, there is something that's going on in like the lead up to these first games, where they just consistently don't look like they care to play the first game or they don't look prepared to play, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's one thing to me that is somewhat frustrating, but that aside, whatever, you know, that's a whole other different deal that like is kind of, I think is becoming a systemic trend within the program that eventually will have to be fixed. I don't know what the answer to that is, but I think the other thing that's frustrating is that in the last three games that we've seen the majority of these guys play, it has been a very similar situation where they've come out and they've gotten punched in the mouth pretty early on in the game or something has happened. And then it kind of looks like, man, I'm ready to take my ball and go home. Kansas state, Notre Dame. And now this one. Mm-hmm. And that's where I just have a question of it's like, what is what flipped? We're all of a sudden like something it's like in the Kansas state game, it was the same thing. It was a kick return for a touchdown. And all of a sudden though, the entire vibe of the game changed mm-hmm. in the Notre Dame game. It was, they fumbled a punt return. And all of a sudden, Notre Dame goes down and scores. You go three and out on, or you fumble again on the next play, and then you're just like, ah, oh, shucks, let's get back to Iowa, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where when I look at what happened on Saturday, you give up the kick return, you go down and score again. Trevor Downey gets hurt on that drive. Uh, you throw or you give up a field goal right before halftime, and then you give up the punt return, and then everybody's like, ah, oh, man, darn it. Mm-hmm. This team is way better than I think we thought they were going to be. Well, Oh, well, and, and that's what was so frustrating to me, you know, because I feel like there, there's too many veterans on this team who have played too much. And even if you don't have Charlie, even if you lose Trevor Downing in the game or whatever, like that's where I look at that offense and I'm like, how, how do you guys still just go out there and keep doing the same things that you've been doing the entire time? For instance, you're throw, forcing the ball to Xavier Hutchinson 11 times, which – him throwing that interception on that, Brock throwing an interception when he was trying to do that was the most inevitable thing ever. Most predictable thing where it's like you're constantly throwing it to someone who is covered and eventually you're going to get burned by the fire. And luckily they didn't give up any points off of that. But it's just that was what was frustrating to me. It was just like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, if that yeah, makes well, sense. Yeah, well, so the it, it, it then 
thinking that, that it, to me, it lends more credence to the not calling timeouts at the end of the game to teach a lesson thing. Because you go down to Kansas State, it's it's a um, an in-conference opponent. Kansas State's a good team. You can more or less like mentally do the math, like do the the well it's fine it's you know kansas state's good we just got beat whatever you go back to notre dame notre dame's really good well notre dame just got beat whatever this is louisiana at home don't get me wrong louisiana is a good team sunbelt apparently had sunbelt had a pretty good weekend not all things considered but if you consistently go out with the same attitude like you're talking about it doesn't matter who you're going to play you're going to get your ass kicked so there is no excuse at this point there is no able to to move the move the bar and say, oh well, this is the reason. Notre Dame's really good. Kansas, we're on the road. It was senior night in, in Manhattan. Like, there's no excuse that you can find to say, like, oh, they beat us or whatever. This is, I I think it it again lends itself to saying, okay, this is what happens. If you do not come out and compete, we won't make you compete. That's on you. You guys got to figure out how to do this. So it seems more like it, was, it wasn't a waving the white flag for the sake of waving the white flag. It was, uh, this is what it feels like to be quit on. You wanna quit? Go for it. This is what it feels like. So um, I'm really, so we were texting after the game on Saturday and I think you were more mad than I was. Um, and I think, I, and the reason why I said that, and the reason why I say that is I'm sort of withholding judgment like four weeks from now. So if in four weeks, this isn't better, like if the offense is still stagnant, if the, the competitive fire in there is still kind of low on, you know, out of 10, if it's at like a three, which it kind of was on Saturday, um, if there's still no increase or no bump in kind of attention to detail competitiveness like that, you're going to cut my left arm off before I don't get to the punt returner, that kind of thing. If that doesn't improve in four weeks, then this is a really bad thing. Like this is a horrible thing, but if that does, in fact, again, you, you're to, to come back to that kind of um, anecdote is if you are in the police station, you're sitting the night in jail, you cannot do anything other than think like you have to go. What did I do wrong to do this? There's no excuse. You can say, well, uh, you know, someone else did this or someone else did this. It's like, no, you put yourself in this situation. Now you have to find a way to make this situation better. So, um, yeah, in four weeks, if it's still bad, this is even worse. If in four weeks, it's things are significantly improving, then I think it, it's an all is well that ends well thing because you have to nip, you have to get that that attitude out like some way. You have to get that that uh, I don't want to call it complacency, but that kind of expectation that things are going to be fine and we can go we can do like 90% of the way because we're good enough that we can do it. Then that kind of that uproots that. So, but that, if that doesn't get uprooted, then you're going to get your ass handed to you by TCU. You're going get, to get your ass handed to you by Oklahoma because it doesn't get any easier from here. So I think the talent is still there. And we saw things that like defense was really good. Like generally speaking, you're going to have any team, no, no, it doesn't matter what level, like even the NFL teams had this happen where like DJ Miller goes into a backpedal and the guy was faster than he expected, just didn't get to see it on film. He didn't recognize it hit when he's going from a backpedal to a turn and run. He just got, it was too late. The guy got too far up on his toes. That happens. Like it's a perfect pass. It's a really good route. His, the receiver had his hands out really late. That 85 or 83 yard touchdown thing, like those, that stuff is going to happen. Like you in the first couple of weeks. Um, but otherwise defense was awesome. Like I generally speaking, tackling was 
pretty good. There were a couple instances where the tackling got a little shoddy, but in general, they were fitting really well. I was super impressed with the interior defensive linemen. I think um, Bailey, both Baileys, played really well. Um, I thought Isaiah Lee played pretty well. Latrell Bankston played really well. Like the defensive line was really solid. And then your ends are playing really well. McDonald got another sack. Bailey got another sack. Like the defense in a general was pretty good. So that talent that we expected to be there is there. On offense, Brees Hall still looks shifty. He's reading things pretty well. And when Downing is, was in there, there was legitimate push by an Iowa State offensive line. And they were just going like, F you, we're going to move you down the field because Newell was there and um, it, it, the, the, I forget the, the other guard, was it Schweiger? It wasn't, who was Schreiber? Who was the other guard? Yeah, it was, it was Derek Schweiger. Yeah, so Schweiger was on one side and Downing was on the other side and Newell in the middle. There was actual push and Ramos was just mauling people so uh, in the run game. So you had offensive line push. Brock is still Brock. He was off, but he'll, I, I have confidence that that's gonna be there. And Hutchinson, it was a mixed bag of things, but talent, I mean, the talent is there. It's just getting it all to work together and actually doing things in the right place. The only thing that I think was startlingly bad was special teams. Um, otherwise, things were okay-ish until they just decided to go, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. See, and that's where I think I can share some of the frustration with fans <clears throat> in that, uh, again, this team has a lot of guys who are coming back and a lot of experience. And then when you come in and you hear what Brock Purdy had to say about them, uh, overlooking teams because of they're not ranked or they don't have the hype or things like that. That to me is problematic. You know, like dog, you started like 25 games in your career. How have you not learned to not overlook people? <laughs> you almost lost to an FCS team last season. Mm -hmm. And that's where I just, that that's where I, I sit here and I'm like, as a fan, you are always wanting to believe like the coaching staff and people like that are telling you during the off season that things are getting better. And like, in that you guys like feel like really good about where your team is at. And then you come out and you see them play like that in the first game. That's where I sit there and I'm like, why the hell would I believe any of these guys? You know, like, mm -hmm. why would I believe that these guys actually are telling me the truth at this point? And, and that's where I can understand why a fan would be frustrated. And that might be, it might be unfair on some level, but that's just a reality, you know, because mm -hmm. like Matt can we, and we've talked about it here, things that Matt Campbell has said during press conferences and stuff like that over the last several weeks, lent you to the belief that this team was going to be considerably different than some of those other teams. Mm -hmm. And what I saw on Saturday did not make me think that that team was any different than some of these other teams. Right. Do they have talent? Absolutely. But mentally, they play a lot like the same teams that we've seen the last couple of years. Which is why I think I'm, I'm withholding judgment until week number four is, or not necessarily week number four, just I'm calling it a month down the road, is does the lesson get learned that, because really the only thing that, it, the, and I don't think even Louis, I mean, Louisiana was making good plays. Like they were playing, the man coverage they played in the second half, they were, they were doing that well. Um, but at the same time, they wouldn't win the game without two special teams touchdowns and a blown coverage in the backfield. So there's 21 points that were completely due to the fact that you had these giant, enormous plays. So the only reason that Iowa State lost that game was because they shot themselves so hard in the foot 
that they couldn't recover from it. And like the, um, some of the stuff, like the, the, the two, there's, there is two turnovers, right? Like there was the interception and there was the fumble, the fumble one. That's a, that's a thing that Brees is going to learn from. Maybe, maybe he's trying to make a play and he was trying to stiff arm while he's going in there. Like when you get in contact, when you get anywhere near contact, you cover up the ball, live to play another day. Like that's a, it, that's a lesson that'll come along. Like that's, that's a mistake that it is, it could happen just as likely in week six as it does right now. The one to um, Hutchinson and some of the, even the incompletions, like the incompletion that I was thinking that I was thinking of is, was, it was a third down. It's like third and six in the first quarter. Um, and they were trying to throw a rhythm turnaround, like a back shoulder kind of paintball where, um, you know, the, the was our Aaron first Rod- drive is our first yeah. drive of the game, the Aaron Rodgers to Devonte Adams back shoulder paintball thing like that takes timing and they've probably worked that timing in practice when it's seven steps in turn or six steps in turn whatever it is uh well with it was really far behind hutchinson probably because he was too like like he was hyped up you're playing a game so your seven steps are going to be an extra yard and a half farther because you're not used to how much adrenaline you're going to have when you're going against a live dude so the seven steps were correct like in, in concept and Brock was throwing to where he would throw to in practice probably, but it wasn't, those two things didn't match up. And then the interception, um, that was, a, a, to, that is not to me, that's not going to happen later in the game. That was 60% on Xavier Hutchinson and 40% on Brock because that ball still hit him in the hands. Like if you throw that ball to Alan Lazard, you throw that ball to Hakeem Butler, does that ball get picked off? No, it's because he's going to rip the ball. It's, it's, if that touches his hands, that's saying, again, I'm going to cut my left arm before you get this thing. It's the same thing. It's the wide receiver equivalent of the special teams play. Like, it's not that the effort wasn't good. It's that kind of competitiveness to do the right thing that's going to nail, nail everything down. So all those things aside, like, Iowa State just shot themselves in the foot. And so it's really up to them to improve for the rest of the season. It's not necessarily against what the opponents are doing. And it is, and because of all that, it's exclusively a mental thing. Like it's not a physical task thing. So it's just, yeah, it, it is, I am curious to see how they respond from this. And we're not going to know until TCU. Like we're not going to, in practice, they could say, you know, you're going to get quote sound bites like you were talking about. Like oh, we really, you know, it's a much better practice or whatever. All right, prove it. I want to see on Saturday. I want to see when you're actually got bullets flying what that's actually like it is it better or are you just saying that it's better because that's a soundbite that everyone wants to hear so i'm really i'm withholding my judgment until i see if it has or has not improved i'm definitely not punting on the season like this isn't something you should you shouldn't be off the bandwagon you should just kind of understand where the ground is on the outside of the bandwagon just in case the bandwagon starts to fall apart see and it's like <clears throat> It's a, it's not, I'm not mad. I'm Mm -hmm. disappointed. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, it's where like in the past, man, in the past, when they lose a game like that, you sit there and you're like, oh shit, they just suck. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. they're not any good. And, but there's enough things in that game that were question marks for us that you saw go positively that you're like, well, I know they're not bad, Mm -hmm. but still this still happened. And that's where it's like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad because or I'm not even, I wouldn't even be mad if they sucked. If they sucked, I'd just be like, it'd be apathy. You're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, like they're not any good. 
it is what it is. But that's where you're like this you want them to see what their talent is and to live up to what their talent is. And that's where I can see where Matt Campbell is like, all right, yeah, y'all don't want to do what we what we're supposed to do. All right. I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do either. That's fine. You know? Yeah, you don't you don't want to play? I'm not gonna make you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. You guys can deal with it then. And I mean, I felt bad for I did feel bad for the defense because the defense played well enough to win that game mm-hmm. for the most part. And you give up two cheap touchdowns on returns where the guy is more or less completely untouched and give up a give up 14 points and then you have one bad play by your defense basically in the entire game. Like mm-hmm. that the defense played well enough to win the football game. Right. That that more or less to me. And that's where I think that if I was if I was Brock Purdy, you know, in that Iowa State offense, I'm I'm going to buy lunch for that defense or something because it's like, man, we messed up. Sorry, fellas. You mm-hmm. know, they the defense played well enough to win the football game. This didn't have anything to do with the defense. This was on the offense as much as, and, it, as, as and anything special else. Teams. And yeah. special teams, yeah, offense and special teams. And the thing that uh, I think Whitver said it on the post game show. Um, th- this always seems. It, it, it not always seems, it always is. Defenses come along faster than offenses do when all things are held equal. Like in spring ball, you're playing spring ball uh, in the first week and a half, first two scrimmages, whatever you're gonna do during spring ball, it's always gonna be like a shutout. Like the defense is always gonna come along because the offense requires so much timing and rhythm um, that you gotta figure out how to nail everything down close because anything other than successful offense, neutral offense is bad offense. Like neutral defense, if you play okay defense and the offense drops the ball, it doesn't matter. It's a good defensive play. So offense has to do everything. You have to mind your P's and Q's. You have to catch everything. You have to block everything. You can't miss anything because there is no, the offensive guy tripped. Like there's none of that that's going to exist. Even if the defensive guy trips and falls, you still have to catch the ball. So um, the, the defense is always coming around first. The offense is always coming around later. But Sam Ellinger threw five touchdowns. You know, like Spencer Rattler threw for 290 yards and a half. There's no reason why the offense shouldn't be farther along than it is when they have the experience that they do. Granted, by the time the game was over, they had four more or less new offensive players or new players in the offensive line. And you have one guy, which would be Chase Allen, who has played the position that he is playing from last year. So they're not super experienced because um, Sean Shaw was playing X last year, playing Z now, to my knowledge, I think that's the case. Maybe let's lump Sean Shaw in there because Tariq Milton was playing the slot. So let's say you have two receivers that you're Blaine throwing Brees to. Brees Hall and Brock Purdy. True. I was talking about receivers, like outside, because okay. running backs and running backs take no timing. Like it's, or take little timing. As long as the offensive line is good, we're going to find a place to take the ball. But like the, the timing and rhythm and stuff, it's kind of new, but it shouldn't be that far behind um yeah i again the the defense always comes along further so i'm not surprised the offense isn't the same quality as the defense right now eventually they could be again depending on if they get their head out their ass but like they 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 could be that good but it's going to take a little bit longer to get there i just figured they'd be farther up that hill at this point see and that's where i think if we get to week four and they're not further up that hill, then that's when some serious questions need to be asked about what's the future of 
certain members of the coaching staff, you know, it's just some mm-hmm. sort of conversation. That's like when, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Tom Mann should be fired today or that they have to go and hire a special teams coordinator or whatever. But it's like, if, if you get to halfway through the season and with this group of guys that they have, you're not in a considerably better position. Mm-hmm. That's where I feel like there's going to be like, okay, that's when we start to have a conversation about like, okay, what's the problem here? Mm-hmm. You know, because this is, this team should be considerably better than what it is right now. Yeah. And that's where I, that's one thing I will tell the fans is like tap the brakes a little bit about the coaching changes thing, because Tom Manning is the same guy who has led one of the most statistically two of the two or three of the statistically best offenses in Iowa state history during his time in Ames. I mean, Mm. look at the record book, like their, their offenses are still statistically considerably better, even than the ones that you played in. And that's where I'm like, like slow down, slow your roll just a little bit. I understand your frustration, but just slow down a little bit, give it a little Mm. bit more time. If we get halfway through the season and it's still like that, okay, that's when that's, that's when, when we the, can have a conversation. Yeah, fire and brimstone can come out once you get into the. If it's still, if you're still averaging, was it four yards per completion? Yeah, like no, no, no. They average attempt. nine yards per completion, but four yards per attempt. Yeah. So if you're gonna, if you're in that still, if you're still in that range, like under seven, that's when you can start to be a little more fire and brimstone. Like right now, it is. It is a bad situation. It is a it is a situation that I would honestly guess that the coaches, it's the, the expression uh, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink. Like the coaching staff probably has put these guys in a position to, un- to, to be like, all right, you guys need to lead from the inside. You guys need to be the ones that carry the emotion. You guys need to be the one to do this because none of the the coaching staff, as far as like an emotion, like an emotion or expectation or motivation, whatever standpoint, like they're all really level-headed guys. Like you're not going to, there's not a ton of, when you go to practice, there's not a ton of like screaming and yelling and um, you know, kind of the, the hype man. There's no Ray Lewis is on that coaching staff. So like the energy, energy and motion energy like the 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 actual doing it has to come from the players and so the coaches probably know that and they're saying like all right this one's on you guys let's go do it because you are going to be the ones that have to lead the way the players have to be the ones that they have to pick up the baton so like i'm less perhaps the coaching staff can do a different job or better job of preparing that but i i don't know it seems like the concern that i have is less in the coaching staff and more in the player's response to it. And then again, you take, you could take the other view of it and say, well, the coach should be better at getting the guys ready to go, you know, whatever it is. So I'm, my mind is more in the, uh, less in the let's question the coaching staff, let's fire the coaching staff. It's very, it's so far out of the realm of my thinking, but it is, uh, we need to understand, there needs to be leadership, uh, like strong, strong leadership that comes out of this little fire that um, lends itself to the rest of the season. For sure. Um, w- one of my favorite stories from playing basketball is that there was a, uh, a time where we were watching film when I was in college and there was a thing that we did in our defensive scheme where you would have to chase people around, uh, around screens. So instead of like going under screens and stuff like you were always chasing them. Mm-hmm. staying right behind him, whether you had to grab a hold of him or whatever it may be, if you could do it without getting called for foul. But that was kind of against like what a lot of people would normally be taught to do 
before where it's like denying the ball and stuff like that and mm-hmm. whatever, like that's beside the point. But our coach is watching the film and he plays a clip and he's like, you know, they say you can't lead a horse to water or you can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. And, he's, and there's kind of a pause and he's like, well, it's time to drink up mother. <laughs> and the way he said it was so perfect that it was like, I, I was sitting in the bag. I wasn't the one in trouble. Cause I, you know, I wasn't chasing people off screens too often. I was more of the guy guarding this person setting the screen and i try i had to try so hard not to laugh because it was just so perfect the way that very perfect timing and delivery yeah yeah Yeah. but now i just imagine matt campbell sitting in his uh in film saying uh it's time to drink up mother efforts (laughs) that is a good line that's not it's a quality adaptation of that yeah but Uh, i i i'm I am interested to see how they respond. That's my biggest thing that I'm coming up, coming away with this weekend. Cause that was a turd of a second half, objectively a turd of a second half. So how do you, how do you respond? You know, like, how do you come back from that? I mean, I was telling you and Jay that I thought they were going to pull away and beat them by two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The way they were running, the way they're running the ball before the downing injury the way they were getting offensive line movement, Brees wasn't getting touched till four or five yards down the field, which yeah. as a side note, again, it's not an excuse to say when Downing goes down because you have scholarship to offensive linemen everywhere. You should be able to put one in and at least do a similar job. It's not saying that you're going to do their starters for a reason. They're the best ones for a reason, but you shouldn't put a guy in and then instantly he, you get 80% worse. Like that right. shouldn't be the case. So it's not an excuse to say that, but it is an example of how good Trevor Downing is. Like for people that aren't really sure, like how offensive linemen make a difference that don't understand like, Hey, what can you do when Downing was in there? How much more movement did the offensive line get than when he was not in there? Like there's a, it's a one-to-one start to start to finish there. So uh, that, that, yeah, not an excuse, but an example of how good 52 is. For sure. Uh, I need to give a quick shout out to Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official Cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. Was that a good ad read? Do you like that, that Jeff? That's a solid ad read. Thank you. Uh, maybe the transition, beautiful. Maybe those of you at the at the gym, maybe you guys could hit up uh, authentic-brand.com to get some get your uh, your little uh, pull. Uh, what were those? The gosh, I can't even remember the name right now. The plaid shirts that you were that you were looking oh, yeah. at when you showed me Plus the other day. With as much enthusiasm as you read that copy, I want to go do that. <laughs> Maybe you want me to do it again? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But uh, yeah, no, the, the, the interesting thing from here forward for Iowa state is not what happened necessarily. Um, Cause I don't know if it, I, I don't necessarily have any like anecdotes. I don't remember any time. The only thing that comes to mind is when I was in, when we were in high school, there is a, we would always have Saturday morning film. Before, this is where you like, got your clips for your uh, welcome to the jungle video. Hey, that's a solid highlight tape. That is a solid highlight tape with music that I did not choose. Um, but we would always have Saturday morning film. So we Friday night, you get done Saturday morning, we'd call it nine o'clock, come in and do a little bit of a run to kind of shake everything out. You watch the game and then you kind of get your grades at that point. Um, 
and then you go home and do whatever. But I remember the, that it was after a game we lost, I think it was Dowling. We lost to a, a, a rival team, Dowling, Ankeny, Johnston, something like that. And the coaching staff didn't show up. And that wasn't on accident. That wasn't like everyone overslept. It was, they just elected not to show up to the thing at all. And they were like, they were, they essentially were calling the leaders of essentially being like, look, this is your team. What do you want to do with it? This is, do you want to, do you want to continue to, do you want to be quit on? Cause this is what it feels like. Do you want to not, do you want to have someone keep trying? Cause you have to keep trying too. There's a consequence to what you're doing. So I remember that we ran the, I was like a sophomore or a junior at the time, but the seniors, like we ran sprints at that just because there was, it was something to do that involved, um, some attitude changing. And I, I mean, I don't know necessarily the, the effect of that. I can't recall whether that was like a pivotal turning point, but it's just a mem like a, a memory of thinking that there is a time when you, you kind of get, you have to take a responsibility for what is your actions. Like what, for what you are doing, you have to choose. It is, it's on you. You're the one that's on the field. Like how many touch can, how many touchdowns can a coach score? None. How many completions can a, th a coach throw? None. How many tackles can a coach make? None. So it's the responsibility to me lies inside the locker room to clear everything up and essentially get that mama mentality, that, that Michael Jordan mentality of like, we are going to win. And I don't give a damn what we have to do to get to that winning point. So I don't know. I'm interested to see how that develops going forward. For sure. All right, man. Uh, you got anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, just to clarify any like scheduling things with like TCU and I, I'm not, cause they're, they had to cancel their earlier. They had to cancel their game and move it to this weekend. Right. Yeah. They're playing Houston now. Okay. On, on uh, Saturday. And then they're going to oh, be wait, playing. No, that's Baylor. It's who Baylor plays. I think SMU. Yeah. They still play SMU. On, but it's this on, weekend. Yeah. September yeah. 19th. And then they're going to play back to back this game and the following game. Do you know play if it row. was? Do you know if it was their test numbers or someone else's test numbers for having that canceled? Um, I think it might have been theirs. Uh, I would have to go back and look again, but I'm pretty sure it was theirs. No, seventy-five percent sure that it was theirs. So, Did you see the picture of uh, or the video of Sunny Dykes? Um, making fried frog legs in the skillet because you know they play for the skillet it's like the smu tcu thing <laughs> made fried frog legs on saturday that is skillet. so good yeah that is the best trash talk yeah. oh my god that's wonderful that's why i say i think it had to have been i think it had to have been tcu because i don't think smu would be doing that if they had had to yeah. cancel the game you know yeah. if they were the ones that were at fault right you can't trash talk when you're the ones at fault for postponing the game right yeah, I don't know what to think about TCU, man. I'm interested to watch them play just because of, uh, uh, you know, not having Max Duggins. Duggan. Like, yeah, Duggan's not playing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what their offense will be like at this point. When they lost Jalen Rager for the first time in 13 years, they're not going to have Jalen Rager in their offense. And Jalen Rager balled out yesterday, too. Who's he play for now? He played for Washington, Philly. I think. Philly. Philly. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, he had that one long catch that I saw. Man, you know what we can take some solace in? In knowing. At the end of the day, no matter how poorly the Cyclones might have played on Saturday, no matter how poorly, you know, Kansas State might have played against Arkansas State, 
at least we can know that we're still not Kansas. We're still not Kansas. Who got their asses kicked by Coastal Carolina for the second year in a row. Did you see they also misspelled one of their players' names? It was like Spencer McVitie, and it's M-A-C-V-I-T-T-I-E. That's a quarterback. M-A-C-V-I-T-T-I-E. And on the back of his jersey, it just said M-A-C-V-I-T-T-E. Like they forgot an I. The equipment team forgot an I in the uh, name of their quarterback. So, oops. Did you see the, uh, the stop and go route that that guy for Coastal Carolina ran for a touchdown? No, I gave up after 21 to zero. Oh, yeah, dude. It was like – it looked like on Madden when you're playing defense and you see someone do a stop and go and the, the, the AI defender, like, just runs all the way past him. And then the guy <laughs> just runs, like, all the way down the field, wide open. It was – it was something it was else. It was – yeah. Bad. Yeah. All right, man. I'll uh, – we'll talk next week. We'll talk more about the Frogs. Hopefully we will uh, – not have to have as serious of a conversation. I'm hoping. And hopefully the game doesn't get postponed. But that was – I said it on the, the Channel 5 thing. Like, the, ex, the question was, what, how, what are your expectations for the year that they play eight games? I mean, for stuff like this, like, it's going to be kind of that question mark, Did will they, won't they, for pretty much every game this year. So, like, I, the fact that I'm just hoping that they can play this one in a couple weeks – that's kind of my main goal, number one. And then number two is, does stuff change? Right. All right, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for uh, tuning into the Football and Random Things, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Peace.